very good evening on Fellowship Day 191. Let me introduce this for the first time as the Read Indeed podcast. Feels strange to say it. Feels quite good at the same time, though. For reasons that may sound obvious, may not, but beyond this rabble and ramble and failure to say anything of note, I want to actually tell you why it feels good. I get asked a lot, I dare say, as to why I do stuff like this, why I do the podcast, why I do the leadership blog, why I do a lot of the outreach stuff that I do, um, why I'm writing the imposter phenomenon book, a lot of stuff like that. And I don't mean this to sound offensive, but it's often people within um, my academic network. A lot of people will ask questions along the lines of, uh, where did you get funding to do that sort of thing? Uh, uh, is it part of um, a funded outreach project? Is it part of you know some sort of route to impact for research? And most of my answers can be summarized. Hmm, how would I put this? No, none of the above. It's among several things I'll come to, but the main thing I do all of this for is my own reflection. I have no idea, unless you kindly reach out who you are, I don't know how many likes this is going to get on Twitter or Instagram or YouTube or whatever. It's often none. I don't have any targets for followers. I don't have any sense to track it. Although my website and all the other platforms where the podcast is hosted allows some semblance of that metric to be gathered. There is no target. There's no one I'm trying to please. There's no number I'm trying to reach. Everything that you hear, 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 hear. Two different spellings. Sounds exactly the same. Anyway, some things work in writing, some don't. But everything that you hear in this place, everything that you read in my writing about readership, all of it was done for me to reflect myself and try to figure this stuff out. Uh, I didn't get a manual when I turned up and started leading a research team or working towards it even. I wasn't a good leader in the beginning. I certainly look at some of how I behaved during my PhD and think, Christ, did I really do that? I cringe now. And, uh, you know, as I became more mature and moved more towards my own leadership position, I didn't know other than to observe people who I admired and people, quite frankly, who I didn't, on how to do this well, how to lead well. One of the ways to get there was to write it down what I observed, things I'd read, things I've tried that worked, things that failed miserably. And that first condensed around my Read Indeed leadership blog, which I started about three years ago now, 2018. It's now 2021. And I've you know done that around various other articles. Um, 
And for the book that I'm writing now on the imposter phenomenon, that was never a book to begin with. That was actually a diary, a journal, because, you know, en route to building this particular career path, I was comparing myself a lot to other people. I didn't feel like I belonged. I didn't feel qualified. I didn't know that it was this thing called the imposter phenomenon at the time. So I spent around two years just writing a private journal to myself around what I was feeling on a particular day and what I did about it at the time. Uh, whether or not I did anything about it, that might have been simply finding a TED Talk I like or a new book. I might have tried something in a social setting that either worked or didn't to curb those imposter experiences. All of it was just a journal to write that down. And you know, one evolution of that as I moved towards leadership was to then start a blog. You know, if you want to learn something, try teach it to other people. And so those were more public reflections, but all the while, although they're very public facing, all of it was me trying to figure it out and do so in a way that I was being accountable to myself. An easy way to do that is to put stuff out there. No matter whether it's one person reading it or listening to it or a thousand or a million. I'm not saying that those things don't matter to some people. You know, the world of writing, the world of podcasting, recording, these things have business models. There are people who very much rely on these things for you know, putting food on the table. And in those cases, there's a business model built up around that. There is a need to follow the audience and drive the metrics and watch the likes come in. But for me, and when I'm talking to people about why I'm doing this, those were not my reasons. Here's a long way around to a theme for your consideration today. The one thing I mentioned there that gets to a broader point really is the journal I was writing for a few years to come to terms with my imposter experiences and a way that you can turn that around to you your experiences no matter what we're talking about here no matter you know it doesn't have to be uh, talking about leadership or imposter phenomenon or anything like that for you whatever it is that you're trying to figure out about yourself so that you can become better at something the medium of expressive writing is incredibly powerful. I didn't realize that this is what I was doing when I was writing my journal uh, back in my postdoc days when I felt like an imposter. But then later as I researched it and looked at diary writing and things like that more broadly, I came across the work of one Dr. James Pennybaker from the University of Texas at Austin who's got a whole wealth and body of research on this uh, mode of expressive writing. And he's written several books on the subject, looking at all the positive benefits of you being able to reflect mindfully on yourself, including those deepest, darkest parts of your experience uh, and what they can do for you, what those reflections can allow you to see about yourself um, in a possibly overfly, oversimplified, distilled note. Being able to write reflectively, regularly, is one really good way of taking ownership of a lot of the things that you think are happening to you and that are out of your control. 
but what's in your control and what becomes more clear through this experience of reflective writing is how you respond to some of these things, how you can turn the experience on its head to focus more on what is in your control than out of your control. I'm pausing a little bit because I don't know if you can hear this. I don't know if it will come through in post, but my office is in a great location. Next door to me, what I'm hearing as I'm speaking to you is someone absolutely killing it on the piano. My God, what a virtuoso. I'm going to go and speak to them after this and uh, I'll report back to you on that another time. <laughs> but just in case my pauses were coming through, I thought I would share with you why. You know, that's James Pennybaker reflective writing. Um, you can do this for, let's say, 20 minutes per day for consecutive days. Try to do it for as long as possible. And you write about something that's extremely personal and important to you. And write continuously. This isn't war and peace. You're not trying to win an essay competition. Care very little about punctuation and spelling and grammar. The important thing is to get the thoughts on paper, however they come out of your head through your fingertips, punched through the keyboards and onto a Word document, presumably, or pen and paper if you so choose. It doesn't matter how it gets out as long as it gets out of your head. And this is the key point, the thing that led to all of this today. Write for yourself. That's why you're not caring about the punctuation, the spelling and the grammar. This is a reflection for you and to see you through your own eyes by pulling some of these thoughts out of you and looking at them through another medium other than having them simply rattle around inside your head. If as you're writing, it starts to dig deeper than you thought, or if it's making you want to flip out, then um, James Pennebaker recommends to stop writing at that point and go back in another day. And one of the last things that's um, recommended for this expressive writing routine is to expect heavy boots. Now I'm reading this to you now. It, many people briefly feel a bit saddened or downed after expressive writing, especially on the first day or so. Usually this feeling goes away completely in an hour or two. And I'm reading that from Psychology Today in an article by Dr. John F. Evans, who's describing James Pennybaker's work. Uh, in other words, you might write things about yourself and come to some realization that you weren't expecting. Uh, that, that stuff's not going to be easy. That's going to require a lot of energy. But doing so consecutively can lead you to a brand new way of looking at some of the experiences that you at one time or other thought were completely out of your control and happening to you at no mercy but such an exercise can help you flip that around and take more control of how you're able to respond to these things and do so with the fuel of your deeper understanding so i wrote for two years in a journal i also wrote one article in 2018 about my dad's experience of being on the Piper Alpha and surviving a massive accident and having post-traumatic stress. Um, that reflection turned into a small business, which has been partly a success and argued 
arguably partly a failure. But what it was for me, similar to the journal I'd wrote about imposter experiences a few years before that, it was a reflection on how I understood my father's experiences in a way that I couldn't understand them when I was growing up and watching these things happen to him. All of that was a reflection for me in a way to come to terms with what I couldn't understand earlier. Expressive writing, if you allow it, will help you focus on understanding more about yourself and caring less about the likes that may or may not come on social media for what you decide to share with the world. So there's your consideration for today. How might you reflect more for yourself? And how can you share that later on publicly? But all the while care little about the likes. If it helps one person and that one person is you, it's job done. If it helps anyone else, that's an absolute bonus. This is helping me. And the bonus for me would be if it helps you. I hope you have a good evening. I'm going to stumble into silence now as I continue to listen to the piano that's playing through the wall. We'll see you again soon for another episode of the Read Indeed podcast. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head over to the website where not only will you find the written blog versions of these podcasts, you'll find my leadership blog series, the daily thought series and information about my book on managing the imposter phenomenon. We also have even more free resources and webinars linked to the YouTube channel. So head on over to dr-mark-read.com. That's dr-mark with a c-reid.com. Thanks again for listening.